Hello, my name is Tanai and I'm a women's intimacy and empowerment coach. For years, I tried to heal what I thought was commitment phobia, and I realized that there's actually no such thing. This podcast is an opportunity to have conversations about what gets in the way of us creating real intimacy, and how can we have more deep and vulnerable connections in our relationships. This is Commitment Phobe. Welcome back, everybody. Today, my guest is Kyle Mercer, who I introduced to people as like a celebrity coach that I'm friends with. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, you know, one of those people that you just become instantly friends with in in a day or in a week. That's that's who Kyle is to me. We did a program together, a week long training that's part of the International School of Temple Arts, ISTA. And so we went through a lot together and we, we've been together through highs and lows all within like just a little over a week period. So it's, um, yeah, he has a really special place in my heart and I'm very excited for this conversation that, that, I'm, that we're going to be having today. So welcome to the show. <laughs> Thanks tonight. It's great to be here. It's really fun. We just always have such a great connection together and, and I'm just ex- fun to explore it this way too. <laughs> yes. Yeah, for sure. It was, um, yeah, I, I invited you on the podcast, I think on our Uber ride, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. So the, this training that we did was in Guatemala and Kyle and I met before the training and spent uh, some time together in a city called Antigua. And then we took this Uber ride together to the lake and yeah, oh, I'm feeling nostalgic just talking about it now. <laughs> I liked our little meetings on the dock in the morning. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Meetings on the dock. Yeah, highly, highly recommend this training for anyone who's interested in exploring their their sexual, shamanic, spiritual power and connection to themselves. Kyle, you have no idea what we're going to talk about today. So this is fun. (laughs) She said, I want to surprise you. (laughs) Well, you know, the, the first thing that I want to dive into actually is who you are and what what you do and what you dedicate your your heart to in the world. Yeah, well, the first, last 25 years, I've been a coach and leading retreats. And you know, I've led um, 100 retreats with, you know, 25 plus people. And, you know, so I've been through all the waves, you know, I used to do coaching to, to sell retreats. And then I was doing retreats to sell coaching, and then I was just coaching. So I've been through so many waves of this, you know, this work. And, uh, And over that time, I've accumulated a lot of insight. And the primary tool I've used to accumulate the insight is inquiry method. And so that's the book I'm working on now. And it's what I teach to coaches and all that. But really, it's this way of being in a non-egoic space with somebody. So almost everything that I teach doesn't come from a book. You know, all the trainings I've done and stuff have been helpful. But Really, it comes from just asking people questions and being really curious and exploring what it means to be human through other humans and just really curious what it's like to be somebody else. So that's, you know, all the things that I teach that are really powerful come from just direct experience. Yeah. And, and I, I love that you said that what you mostly do is ask people questions because then you're giving people the opportunity to experience what you did, which is really find your own answers through your life experiences and through looking within. That's right. And, you know, the aspect of inquiry method that I think is kind of unique is it's really a, a spiritual practice like meditation. And it's a, it's a paired uh, practice, but 
the whole idea is to find the non-egoic space in myself and to teach my client to have a non-egoic space in their self. So we can really look at them through um, unshielded eyes so that, so that we're really exploring like the ins and outs of what it's like to be them and then finding what I call places of contraction so that we can open those up. Because anytime we can find a point of contraction, open it up, we find more energy flow. I do it with businesses, relationships, person, people, is if we can find the, the point of contraction, just like even in a business, where is the flow of energy not working? We open up new possibilities. So that's what we do with humans, relationships, and businesses, is we find the, the point of contraction, and then we let it go. Yeah, that's funny. That's literally what we did five minutes before hopping on this podcast. I was just telling you. <laughs> about where energy is not flowing in my business and you're like here's an important question right. <laughs> what's possible when when people relate from that non-egoic space yeah you know it's it's really a practice like meditation in that when i can drop into that space i can see things much more clearly and in my experience anything's possible i mean i, I recently worked with a client for a couple of days and uh, he just reported to me this weekend he said i came back and i was suing this guy and uh, I realized I didn't want to be in a lawsuit. So I called him and told him I didn't want to be in a lawsuit. And then we made all this connection. And then he offered me a million and a half dollars worth of business. Wow. <laughs> so, I mean, and that was just like a little teeny change in, in worldview. And it went from, you know, having to deal with this whole lawsuit to making this great connection with this person and being offered all this business. So. Yeah, the teeny change. That's interesting. It's such a perfect segue because one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about was the idea of going after what you want, getting what you want, asking for it, right? There was a moment um, in the retreat where I was telling you about my pattern in dating. And it was like, I either go, you know, I either find myself with a guy who's emotionally unavailable or I find myself with a guy who's emotionally like too attached. Right. And you simply looked at me and said, well, you're not asking for what you want. <laughs> There's that aspect, you know, in my book, Life at Altitude, I talk about these levels of consciousness, which, you know, Ken Wilber helped me understand, who's just amazing. And then also Maslow's hierarchy of needs, but which, which actually is kind of interesting that came from the chakras. So Maslow actually got connected in India and each one of the hierarchy of needs matches one of the chakras. And, and, and he even added one later to, to identify the sixth chakra. Wow. Wait, wait, let's just pause to say that I had <laughs> no idea that Maslow, this guy who's like, you know, very like we associate with like science and the mind and like textbook actually <laughs> went to India and connected to the chakras. Wow. That's incredible. So, I mean, this isn't like, it helped me with the framework for my work because there's these underlying truths, right? But from that, I understand that there's levels of consciousness. So at any mo one moment, depending on you know where my contractions are, I'll be at a certain level of consciousness. And so I call wanting level three consciousness. So it's wonderful to want, to desire and all those things. The problem with want is it deals with more and wanting is, I call drive, and I don't see drive as positive. Most of our culture sees drive as positive. Drive, drive to me means wanting more than I have or wanting to be more than I am. So how does that affect my present state? Now, 
you have to hit that level of consciousness and and resolve it before you can go to the next level of consciousness which the first three levels i consider self-conscious i'm thinking about myself but when i can transcend that i cross what i call the i we barrier where my focus goes from inside to outside all of a sudden i'm not self-conscious anymore because we know what it's like to be self-conscious and now my consciousness is out here so like with you right now we're at level four consciousness because we're trying to do something together you and i have a vision of making a great podcast and you know we could have been, you know you and i know each other enough so we don't have to say well this is how we want it to feel or this is the result we want because you and i naturally can hit that level of consciousness and play together because we're co-creating something great we're both flowing towards something that's larger than ourselves so that's level four consciousness in a relationship in a business in you know doing some activity when we're at level four consciousness we're not thinking about ourselves we're thinking about what we can achieve together right and then level five consciousness is what does the universe wants what's in flow with everything around me so the idea of what i want means i'm still trying to operate within myself to figure out how to do things but really in connection like a relationship the real interesting question is, what do we want? So if I'm on a date, I say, well, what do you want in your life? And I, I say, what do I want? And we look for the overlap. Because in relationship, if I'm doing something that you want to do that I don't want to do, or vice versa, we've always all of a sudden hit level two consciousness, which is like fairness, majority consciousness. What should I do? What shouldn't I do? I'm always looking for the overlap. So you and I like, let's make a podcast. I want to too. That's overlap, right? But I'm not doing this as a sacrifice. You're not doing it as a sacrifice. So then we're trying to create something great and fun and interesting together. And, and we both know we're pulling for the same thing. Yeah, I, I, I heard so many things just coming up while, while you're talking. I think, and, and I'm sure a lot of listeners will relate. I'm thinking of a lot of people that I talk to every day that are having money issues right now. And they're trying to think at a higher level of consciousness of like money doesn't matter, but they're not there yet, right? So it's like the ego first has to feel solid to then get to the point where money doesn't matter, right? Exactly. Well, it's not that money doesn't matter. At level, at level one consciousness, I'm in fear, anger, I have emotional pain. I'm in my emotional body, right? About it. At level two consciousness, I'm thinking about what I should do, what everybody else is doing, what I ought to do. And it's not that we throw out those lower levels of consciousness. We just need to heal them and resolve them so that they're solid. And then at level three consciousness, I'm like, what's my idea? What do I want? At level four consciousness, I'm saying, what do people want? I meet somebody, what could we do together that we would both enjoy or would be profitable for both of us? So money's important, but at level three consciousness, I want more money than I have. At level four consciousness, I'm saying what's possible rather than reacting to like either the drive, I need more level two consciousness, I should, or level one consciousness, I'm just in fear that I'm not going to be okay or, you know, or I've got, you know, pain from my past about money or something like that. Yeah. So, so really to get to that level of detachment from money and, and not the drive, there needs to be some healing involved. You can't just go out and be like, okay, I'm going to go live my life. Cause I, yeah, I, I, when I hear people talk that way, there's like a lot of anger underneath, 
That's right. As soon as you the anger, now we're in unfairness, which is the level two consciousness. Unfairness and anger goes to level two consciousness. Resentment is a feeling that comes up when I'm comparing myself to others, where it seems unfair. Da, 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 da. And again, I'm just focused on me. None of it works. You know, even law of attraction, all that stuff doesn't work unless I'm at level four consciousness because I'm just tr still trying to heal myself with it. Yeah, that makes sense. And then in relationship, yeah, I remember you, you, um, we were talking about this that day in Antigua about thinking about the third, right? It's, it's you, me, and then what do we want for the relationship? Can you talk a little bit more about that and how that can help with, um, you know, really common conflicts that come up where people end up sacrificing their needs for the other and then, and then throwing it at the other person? Like, look at what I'm doing for you. Exactly. You know, two things to say about that you know like we were talking about that rbdsm conversation which isn't <laughs> which isn't kinky sex it's actually just an acronym for how you talk about a relationship yeah you maybe know? we could go, yeah why don't, why don't you go through them that way people are familiar with it okay yeah let's do i'll do that in just a second so like setting up the context for relationship and one of the ways i think about it is like a venn diagram that's when there's two circles right so if I was, you know, you and I could sit down and do this and like, you could draw your circle and write down everything in your circle about all the things that you wanted to do or experience in life or to feel or to experience. And then I could write down all of mine and then we put them together and we see where, where they overlap. For me, all the relationship that's supposed to happen happens in the overlap where we both want to do those things, right? Yeah. And so that's the kind of thing, like, I'm not going to do anything on the side of your circle that's not in my circle. And that's what keeps really evenness and balance in, in relationship. I mean, we, we could have a friendship, you know, that just if we both just love fishing, you know, it's like, oh, we'll go fishing together. But we don't, uh, I don't know, have dinner parties together or whatever. It's like, it's really looking for the things that we both want to do together that we're both inspired about. So some friendships just have one thing, you know, I don't, I don't know, basket weaving or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Or even like, I'm thinking of like when you're in relationship and you want to go on vacation, you know, some people have such different ideas of what vacation is like. Exactly. Or what they want to do or where they want to go or, you know, and, and we could even get into polyamory with that conversation. You know, there's all sorts of possibilities once once we kind of understand that we're, we've got this set of things that we want to experience and somebody else does and, and what are the parts, even the idea that one person's supposed to meet all of our needs. No, it's just what's in our shared Venn diagram, just in the overlap. And then I could have somebody else to go fishing, you know? Yeah. 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 So what is it, what does it look like in action to get clear with someone yeah, what are they looking for? And what are you looking for? Well, what does that look like? Well, you're going to have to help me with this with the RBDSM because I, I, you know, it's, I think, kind of new to both of us. It's a good entry point. We could also talk about another way. Like when I do a business, this is kind of interesting. I have this model for deconstructing business. So when I do a two-day you know, retreat with a business, maybe like the leadership or a board of directors or a whole small company, we deconstruct the business just like I do with somebody if I'm doing, you know, one of my uh, personal renewals for a day and a half is we deconstruct everything. It's almost like doing a psychedelic journey, right? Is like if you take mushrooms, like there's this disturbance period where things are coming apart, where things are a little uncomfortable, right? And then you kind of come to down to the zero point and then 
all of a sudden you're open to all the possibilities and then you can reconstruct things. And it's like, oh, everything makes sense and ordered. I personally, I feel every coaching call is like a, a psychedelic journey. Every retreat is like that. It's all, there's a part of deconstruction or the hero's journey. Like there's a part of challenge and deconstruction and problems and all that stuff. And then it comes to this point of resolution and then everything reconstructs again. So in a business, we deconstruct it down until literally we fire everybody. We throw out all the assumptions of the business. We, we have a fire, we burn all the lists we've made and all that stuff. And phew, I say, hey, anybody want to start a business? And usually the, the leader says, I want to start a business. I said, well, what kind of business you want to start? So I'd like to do this one. And then I gather everybody and I say, how do you want it to feel? And we write a bunch of words and we narrow it down to like four or five words, which I call corporate DNA. And we say, well, we, we want it to be efficient, profitable, fun, uh, inspiring, and you know, good connections with people or something like that. So from that, then we say, well, that's the answer to everything. Now we've infected everybody in the organization with the corporate DNA. So everybody knows the answer to every question because it's supposed to come out and feeling like this. And, and it's just amazing because now everybody's on board. Everybody's can solve problems because they know the result. So then from there, we say, well, what kind of relationships would we have to have that? What, what kind of systems would we have? And then what kind of physical things do we need to reconstruct the business? So we, we reconstruct it under a new assumption of the corporate DNA. So that, that, you know, that's the same in a relationship. It's like, how do we want it to feel? So I had a, a couple, this is my favorite couple that I ever did this with. They said, when we got down to their DNA, they said, we want more love between us and all around us. So if we, like if you and I were in a relationship and we said, we want more love between us and all around us, we could get an argument whether we're going to Hawaii or Alaska for our vacation, right? <laughs> yeah. It wouldn't be what you want versus what I want. The question we would both look at together, right? Rather than oppositionally is what would create more love between us and all around us. And we might say, well, Florida, cause the family's there and everybody could come and let's go to Florida or whatever. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Just isn't that amazing for a relationship? Just having one, I call it the want for us, want for us. What's the want for us? or even on this podcast, right? It could even be in a moment. It's like, if we can identify the one for us, then we're all pulling for the same thing. We might disagree on how to get there, but we can talk about it in a collaborative way so that we can figure out what the one for us is and, and how to manifest that. Yeah, it's incredible just what creating a border around something or a boundary or um, a context can do, like the possibilities that can come out of just creating context. And we lack, that's, that I feel is like one of the things we like the most of in relationships, context. Although what I would call the one for us is a direction. So if we're going for a hike on the direction, it doesn't mean that we've totally manifested absolute love between us and all around us, but it means we know the direction we're headed. So everybody can put their energy toward a thing. Mm, yeah, I guess I said, I felt it was also kind of like a circle that we're inside now. And that's the game we're playing in. You know what I mean? There's this great book, Finite and Infinite Games, and it says infinite players play with boundaries. Finite players play within boundaries. So I'm a little careful of boundaries. Like people, is it like every war that's ever happened, happened on a boundary. 
Yeah, that's interesting. Preference, direction, Mm. want for us, you know, those kind of things are collaborative at level four moving toward things. Boundaries tends to be a level two or three concept. And again, necessary. Context is necessary, but we want to have overt context, you know, so that it's been said and and heard. And we want to be able to play with context if it doesn't serve, you know, if we're level four, we don't want it to limit the possibility of more love between us and all around us, right? Each higher level of consciousness has a greater benefit, result, and opportunity in it. So we don't want to get, you know, as soon as we get into a boundary conversation, we go back to level two, and now we're experiencing the relationship at level two, which is more like fairness. I'd rather be in what amazing can we create together at level four, yeah, interesting. Well, yeah, I mean, if we go back to the RBDSM, you know, it, it is about boundaries and context and we learned it in this training and it's also part of, you know, various Tantra um, worlds and and like sexual, conscious sex um, environments. So it's relationship to self. So you define like how you define yourself basically and whether you're in a relationship or not or polyamorous or open and then your pronouns saying that i don't know just creates a big relaxation in my body Mm. like it's like you're saying it's like oh what's the field we're playing on yeah clarity if you tell me you're married and and uh, celibate then i say oh i really see the playing field that we're playing on right yeah (laughs) yeah and then it's no longer like if i reject sex from you then it's no longer because like it has nothing to do with you i'm celibate you know right right (laughs) (laughs) and then and then it's also like it opens up the possibilities, right? Like maybe you get more creative, like, oh, what are some ways we can we can connect outside of that? That's right. I really like fishing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tickling or cuddling, you know, like I just yeah, like getting I, tickled. That's much better than fishing. <laughs> I don't know why I'm using that example. <laughs> Go ahead. That's the relationship part. Yeah, and then there's there's boundaries which is, you know, just communicating to the other person what you're a no to, what you're a yes to. And then, okay, so well, RB, let's, yeah. Let's just stay with boundaries for a second. Cause, oh, yeah. You know, and this is something I'm still trying to learn about around the boundaries, because I kind of feel like desires might come first in a way. But, you know, like boundaries, like I don't like sticks in my eye or something like that, against that, you know, no blood drawn. But I also think that I think they, those two go hand in hand. It's just like, I, you know, I'm really not interested in going fishing or whatever. And so that, you know, it's, it's, it does help to, to define the playing field again. Okay, go. So then <laughs> desires okay. and desires, you're just communicating what you desire to experience with this person. And, and I kind of like int- maybe introducing a little bit of what you've been saying right now of like, what's possible for us. You know, what, what direction do we want to take this in? Yeah. Like where could it move? And I also, later at the M is meaning too. So, you know, I think that some of that filters into that too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I think there's like questions that are important that every person finds important to themselves. You know, like I had someone ask me if I would want to connect again afterwards or if they could kiss me in public. And those were just like, you know, very specific questions that that person wanted to ask me. So yeah, so meaning is about what does the connection mean to you, which is huge because so many people are running around trying to assume or guess what the meaning is or 
they fight with someone because they have different meanings and they could both be loving meanings, but they are just different, right? Yeah, and you know, like after that program, I had a three-day love affair and we started with this conversation and we just, you know, I, was, I said, let's have a three-day love affair. And then, then we'll just close the container at the end. Yes. We're still friends and connected and all those things, but it was like, it was such, it allowed me to relax so deeply into just having a love affair because I wasn't worried about, you know, oh, now am I, now is this person dependent on me? Do I have to run around and try to make it work? I could just be fully in the experience of having a three-day love affair. We got this beautiful house and we just had fun and, you know, all the usual relationship things didn't come up because we knew the field we were playing on, right? Yeah, I think there's so many questions that we have in our head all the time. Where is this going? How should I be? Is this too much? Is this too little? What do they want? What do I want? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that, that just instantly quiets the mind. And like you said, it just bring so much peace to the nervous system right we did skip skip over the s the s oh yes is, is you know the sex part which is just around sexual safety and you know talking about testing and you know what kind of protection we're going to use and you know any other limitations on whatever sexual connection but i you know i think this could i just find it useful in almost every relationship you know is to say you know even that you could transfer to a business relationship, like how we're going to make this safe for everybody. And, you know, what's your financial situation? And, you know, do you have a lot of debt or whatever would be appropriate for, you know, a financial situation. So I think that. Yeah, that's great. Or, or even, or even like in my case, one of my takeaways from, from this training is, is how safe I feel when other people are taking care of themselves and I don't feel like they need me, you know, and that like kind of, energy pulling attachment kind of a thing. So yeah, even communicating that, like I, I need to feel like you got yourself absolutely to feel safe. Yeah, that's right. And then we know all the, all the things on the, uh, on the table. Yeah. So, so yeah, the RBDSM conversation, everyone, a conversation that you can have before engaging in any kind of connection with someone just so that you're clear of what the expectations and desires and boundaries are i think i sent you a link to one that i was just scanning we could even post that in the notes or something maybe. oh yeah perfect one of the things that i that i wanted to talk to you and everyone about because kyle to me my favorite moments with you are when i'm like coming to you with something real serious and you just you say a one-liner with like a smirk on your face, you know? And, <laughs> and to me, it like wakes me up. It's like, you're saying tonight, everything's good. Like we don't have to take life too seriously. Like just enjoy the ride. You yeah. Know? Well, and that is, you know, getting out of the self-consciousness. So in those first three levels of consciousness, whenever I, you know, I get there all the time too. I'm not, you know, I'm not living at level four all the time, you know, we, we go up and down. So you know, that's why I have coaches and you did it for me too, equally. And, and, you know, really asking and saying, oh, I see you're just stuck in your self-consciousness. You know, where's the point of contraction and what's the possibility? And, and the reason we laugh, you know, laughter is actually such social medicine because even when, you know, it's a, a somebody falls and you laugh, it's like, it's sharing, you know, the irony or the, the struggle that we all experience with life. So when I laugh at you because you have a contraction, 
I'm laughing at me too. I'm just laughing at life. I'm like, oh, this is, who set this thing up? I, I'm quite certain this is not a virtual reality if everybody's thinking that, because if it was a virtual reality, the design would be much smoother. <laughs> <laughs> there wouldn't be so many glitches. I know this is like a, a buggy program and it really doesn't make sense. And the puzzles are it's sometimes it's boring. You know, I'm sure if it was a virtual reality, it'd have a much better design, you know. <laughs> Sometimes it's boring. Sometimes it takes too long for things to fucking download. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I love that. And I love that that you just said that about laughter because that's that's really what I wanted to kind of hear your your perspective on humor and laughter and maybe some of your favorite moments where you, you sat back at your life and you're like, you know, what am I taking this so seriously for? <laughs> I, you know, I need that as much as anybody because I can really <laughs> take it seriously. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's such a good example right now because I, I just, this is the one place in my house that looks formal now because I, I'm moving out, you know, and, and, you know, I go through waves packing up and just silly things like my son just packed up. I just said a bunch of stuff with him and, you know, just like a, there's this silly Budweiser hat, you know, the, that he put on I was like oh you should have that and it looked so good on him I was like my Budweiser hat <laughs> 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 which really looks much better on him I'm too yeah. old <laughs> I wear the Budweiser hat it's not ironic but when he wears it it is you know <laughs> yeah yeah for sure. like letting go of little things like that I could just feel the loss of it and then I go <laughs> you know it's just like oh and then I'm free of that you know, and then I'm free of that. And then I'm free of that. And, and even the house, I mean, this has been such a wonderful sanctuary for me. And it's so aesthetic and beautiful and just matches me so well. And just even letting go of that, it's like, oh, and the fear of going forward, you know, I don't have like huge definite plans, you know, I can feel the fear of going forward. And I'm like, oh, but just like this boat to live on that manifested is like, I'm just going to fling it and trust to the universe. And I know I'm going to get contracted around certain things. And then when I can find the contraction and let it go and see what manifests. And, oh, I remember a thread from back that I just, you know, it's like kind of this law of attraction thing is like, how do I manifest the right relationship? How do I da da da? It's very level three, right? And then, again, there's nothing wrong with it. We need to have movement and action and, all those things. But at level four and level five, I'm much looking for what's wanted rather than what I want. So the first three levels of consciousness are what I want, self-conscious, right? At level four, it's like, what can we do together? And like level five is the spiritual aspects. I'm surrendering to God, the universe, whatever you want to call it. I say, what's wanted? So I get really present and I see what's available here in this moment or you know, I, I'm kind of throwing myself into the wind. And then instead of attuning to what I want, I'm attuning to what the opportunity or the possibility is. You still need level three because that's the part that takes action when I see it, right? Right. And it feels like you can, like you're empowered and believe in yourself too, right? That's right. You know, that I, I can do something when I want to. The only problem when level three is out of balance, I, it's the feeling of lack, right? or the not enough attention, not enough authority. So as I heal that, just bring, sometimes I do this, bring it into balance, right? 
don't have enough, need more, bring it into what's present right here, what's the opportunity, then I can still have that part of me that takes action or sees desire, like looking at the buffet, I want you know that broccoli or whatever, that feels good in my body. And so instead of arguing with, with my limitations, I'm like within my limitations and within the limitations of the present moment, what's possible. Yeah, and then there's also a sense of doing it in alignment to yourself and not not as like saving others or or like denying your own needs, right? That's right. And that's very level two consciousness. There's even a gender aspect to each level of consciousness. So level one, um, it, it sounds wrong a lot, but it's like I need, right? And that's my emotional context, which I consider masculine because it's about I. Level two consciousness is about fairness. I'll do for you if you do for me, right? What's fair? What should one do? And I see that as feminine because it's inclusive. It's like a we space, right? And so a lot of, I noticed that a lot of the feminine in our culture is locked into level two consciousness, trying to please other people, trying to make other people happy, try to make it work. And you know, like our friend Amy Batuski, you know, and her desire on fire is all about desire, like, and desire wanting is what elevates the feminine to level three consciousness, which is manifestation, making things happen. What do I want? And it pops it out, which is a ma more masculine in my mind. It's like, go kill the mammoth, go kill the mammoth. And so what I love about this movement to take, you know, particularly women or the feminine out of level two consciousness is that level three consciousness very quickly goes to level four, which is a we, the want for us. So even relationship, you know, my masculine needs to be informed by, I'm just using if our relationship is like, what's the want for us? Oh, we want to have fun together. We want to create a podcast. My eye is, oh, I see, I got to get together on this. So then I bring up my feminine and then, you know, we can create level four consciousness by flowing well together, right? So I feel like the feminine, once it gets this desire piece, that it very quickly goes to desire for us, want for us, right? And then it says, because I want to have fun with other people. I want to be connected. I want to throw a dinner party, like you, you're throwing a brunch and, you know, those kind of things, right? So, and I think, you know, the feminine should be leading boards of directors and, and businesses, because when the feminine leads a business, it's not just masculine at level three we want more profits feminine at level four says how can we serve the employees and how can we serve the customers and how can we serve you know the world and how can we serve the environment and how can we make it great for you know the families it's like it's taking this much larger picture into account yeah and taking everyone into consideration that's right okay where were we i think we might have completed that arc do you have another question yeah because we we were like it was it was one branch off of a question yeah we were talking about um where did that come from <laughs> well this is a wonderful example so yeah <laughs> right now the mind is engaged right so we're thinking about thinking about it so like even if i'm in a coaching session then i say let's just pause and see what's wanted mm -hmm. but this is actually how you remember where you got your left your keys or you remember the name of that celebrity or whatever you pause and you connect to the larger non-egoic consciousness, right? So into that space is where, you know, it's always when you stop thinking about where you left your keys that you find them, right? So it's like, let's just pause for a second and 
we might even be done. Let's just check. Let's just pause for a second and see if there's something we'd like to talk about now. Yeah. We're just taking a deep breath and we just relax our mind and we're just creating. Mm. Just curious. This is the non egoic space. We're just opening up to the universe and just saying, oh. mm. Actually, I, I have a question. Yeah. <laughs> what like what's next for you like what are you putting your attention on what are, what are you wanting to manifest well in my personal life i would like to manifest a relationship mm. a partnership what what for? what for yeah why <laughs> <laughs> yeah i the reason i'm asking is this is a you know since ista re-examined this thought and i'm like oh that's an old thought that I've been hanging on to that maybe I don't, and that's just for me, that maybe I don't need anymore. You see how that kind of takes me to level four? It's like, oh, like, oh, I, I've got a podcast relationship with you. So I have a relationship or whatever, you know, it's like maybe I, or even level five, I wonder what the universe wants for me right now. But I have held so personally at level three that a desire for a relationship. And it's so clouded my life. And it's been such an obstacle for me. And I, I'm still dragging me out. I see somebody I'm attracted to and I go right back to level three. Want that, you know? And so I'm just, you know, in this process and certainly haven't completed it of just kind of letting go of that idea and just saying, oh, had such my son was just here had such a great relationship with him while he was here you know and another thing he asked to help me with was kind of this loss of this this need or urgency for sex so even that's been you know that drove a lot of that i want a relationship you know how am i going to get laid mm, yeah it's interesting because when it comes to my desires and my business and my relationship like desires i've noticed that just by using my imagination and tapping into the energy, whatever that is, it, it's almost like an energy boost. It's like, I just took a shot of wheatgrass or something. Like <laughs> I actually just feel into like, how does it feel to have this relationship or how does it feel to have, you know, what the business that I want to look for. And it kind of just sets the energy of how I carry myself throughout the day. So that, and I feel like that's, that's a different thing on its own, but it, it does actually bring me, to the question that I wanted to ask you. Yeah. You know, you spoke about in your business how things fluctuated and one thing led you to the next and you were doing one thing and it brought you something else. And and the same thing in relationship, you've told me a lot about, you know, the relationships that you've been in, the the partnerships, the loverships, and they've all looked so different. Or what's been your process in detaching from things have to look a certain way? Well, you know, for me, there's a few answers to that, you know, and it has to do, again, like the manifestation, you know, I know I manifest things, but it's not usually what my brain thinks. It's like what my deeper self wants. So I don't really worry about manifestation so much as what's available here. So, and I just kind of love everybody, you know, like I fall in love with everybody. I fall in love with everybody I coach. Like, everybody's so lovable in their pure essence, sometimes in the behaviors and stuff, not so much, but I, I just kind of fall in love with everybody. So, you know, I'm kind of always just asking the question, what's available here? What a simple and complex question, <laughs> you know, to, to really 
be with that question and not with the question, where is this going? When is that the one coming? When, like, why doesn't it, this look this way? Why does, you know, it's it, what I'm hearing is your ability to be with the present. And of course, there's moments I'm sure that you experience where you're not, but, but it is, I just, I really appreciate how you've been in all these different containers at work and relationship and you just flow with it and see where it takes you. Yeah. You know, it's not right or wrong. Like some people are really contained and directive and penetrative and just penetrate life with like force. And I'm just, you know, not like that. So I just kind of have to accept there's wins and losses with my way of doing it with just flowing around me. And, you know, I'm very adaptable. And, you know, if I'm around British people, I start picking up a British accent. It's just, you know, it's, I've just trained myself to be <laughs> thankful so much. You know? what? what did you say? You just thought? I, I've just trained myself to be an inquiry so much and just flowing with what's around. And it's not right or wrong. I love penetrative people too, you know, that just have an idea and go for it and create big things. And, you know, narcissists are great, you know, because they're like, they manifest big things, you know, and change and ideas and push through when other people can't. And it's just, you know, not the biggest part of my, I can do that sometimes, but it's not the biggest part of my personality. So there's a big aspect of self-acceptance in it and you know I think you're like that too I mean yeah I mean that's actually the reason why I asked because I'm hearing that I think for myself I'm more like you and I keep trying to be like more penetrative and so I'm living in that like yo-yoing of like there's a part of me that really wants to go and get but really what feels good to me is a different way and so it's like, for me, it's like learning to find what, what really aligns with me, you know? And, you know, the world just loves narcissism. It's getting, you know, good publicity and everybody loves a good narcissist and they're flashy and all that stuff. But we need a lot more of this flowy, what's wanted, what's in balance kind of perspective, which is integrating and healing the feminine, really, you know? Right. And you're yeah. so you know, you just have such a wonderful feminine presence. And I, I do want to say something about that because, you know, I... I love being interviewed and I love being, I'm a Leo. I love being the center of attention, but I have <laughs> attention on you. I didn't know you were a Leo too. What? <laughs> <laughs> but, but I want to put a little attention on you because like there's out of all the people on this trip or, you know, there's something special about connecting with you and like you have that inquiry quality. You have that, you know, just, even ethereal quality that just feels so accepting. And also you have the ability to ask the question or put the attention on the thing. And, you know, like your coaching of me has just been fabulous. You know, you were a great aid to me and you know, just the way you moved through that whole experience, you know, and the humility, but also clarity. Like you have that balance, like I do of humility and clarity. Like when you know, you know, and when you don't know, you're willing to say and explore. and and be vulnerable and and you know i'm just so excited to see you now because you're such a good coach and and you're just going to keep expanding that and you know and and developing that and, and you're just such a gift to me but also i i think just bring at least my flavor what i see as most valuable in a coach and a teacher and all those things because you're so authentic and and the the leaders at ista too brought that there was an innocence and a and uh, vulnerability and authenticity, which just, and power, which, which just added to the power of the authenticity, but, but you just have all those qualities. And I just, I think fabulous human and, and also fabulous coach and teacher and facilitator and all those things. 
Oh, thank you. Receiving that with all of you listening here. <laughs> See, look at that. And it's just so authentic. And, you know, just the warmth and all the love you have to bring. And, and <laughs> so it's just amazing. Thank you. So I, there, in my old, I used to be in the Ohm community. I still am just in the Ohm community. And one of the things that we learned about things is to leave on the peak rather than wind it down. I kind of feel like we've peaked. Yeah, this is perfect. This is the spot. I was just about to say, thank you ah. for, for being my guest. Yeah. Um, and I just wanted to ask you how, how can listeners reach out to you and what should they reach out to you for? Amazing. Uh, so lifeataltitude.com is my website. There's uh, courses on there. We're going to be renewing it in the next month or so, but there's courses on there with a lot of inf information hundreds of blogs, like 500 blogs I've written are on there. Besides that, I'm currently working on a project, a life coaching academy with my, my business partner, Jamie. It's oh, wow. Life coaching academy. And, and that's going to be great for people to get inquiry method as a coach and, and even some great coaching on the, the business of coaching. And the, there'll be calls and live things and recordings. And it's going to be a really beautiful thing. Also coming up, I'm in Amy Batuski's uh, apprenticeship program, Desire on Fire. So I'm going to be teaching in that. And that's coming up in two weeks. And that's just an incredible program. So highly recommended. Uh, read my book on Amazon, Life at Altitude. And then I just do you know, business coaching. I work with businesses, CEOs, all those. I work with couples. And I just love couples coaching. So powerful for, as an individual, so powerful. And then one-on-one -on -one coaching. In the fall in New York, I'm going to be having two retreats, one inquiry method level one, which is like a deep dive into your personal psyche. And then also coaching and teaching circle on Maggie's farm, which is really fun, which is kind of light, playful that we just, you know, talk and share and people ask questions and, you know, another great entry pro uh, entry point for this. Oh, and one more thing. I also have member membership calls every week. Uh, it's a hundred dollars a month and you know, there's four sessions every month and on Thursday nights. And, and, uh, that's just fun and a great way to dip your toe into the, uh, into the work. Amazing. Thank you, Kyle. Thank you. Tonight. And find all the info, um, in the description at the bottom of this episode. Hey you, thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Commitment Phobe. If you like what you heard, make sure to share with your friends, your lovers, your ex-lovers, anyone that you think could benefit from having a conversation like this one. And it would be super helpful if you subscribed and left a five-star rating on iTunes to make sure that this podcast gets spread around to as many listeners as possible. And we can start changing the conversation that we have around intimacy and relationships. If you want to find out more information about what I do as a women's coach and some of my other projects that I'm working on, you can find my information in the bio of this episode, or you can reach out to me directly on Instagram and shoot me any questions that you have. See you next time.